0: what is going on everybody it's me your host with the most nicholas william thank you thank you don't get up thank you thank you all right, so tonight, tonight is our fifty second episode, and I'm gonna call that almost canon's one year anniversary. You know, I don't, I don't actually have an official date, um, because when we started me and Bank, we had recorded, I don't know. Five six seven episodes in advance, you know he dropped them at some point, so you know our uh our start date is 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 somewhere around here it's been fifty two episodes I squeaked out our first real to real movie review episode as fifty one and a half, so this is uh our fifty second episode for those of you who we want to say it's our 53rd. It is not. That was only a half an episode. So this is our 52nd episode. Woo woo woo. woo. Almost canon. 52 episodes. One year. It's 52 weeks in a year. 52 episodes equals one year. Hallelujah. It's almost canon's birthday. It's one years old. And. To celebrate. This this milestone, this huge achievement we have reached, I am having adventure, explore, discover. Back on the show tonight, some of you might remember he was a he's a YouTuber. Uh, check out his channel, Adventure, Explore, Discover. He came on when we did an episode on um, uh, the Beale Treasure, the lost Beale Treasure in in Virginia. So, so, yeah, we're having him back on, but we're not talking about treasures tonight. we're not talking about lost treasures, we're talking about something a little more um creepier, a little more scary, you know let's 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 get ready for the spooky season the right way, and kick off September with an episode on Skinwalkers. Uh, and a little Wendigo. I know we went over the Wendigo once before, but you know uh, we'll we'll throw a little bit of Wendigo stuff in in here because you know Skinwalkers, Wendigo. They people seem to to group them together as if they're almost the same. Um, you know, the same entity from opposite sides of North America, and and they're completely different. They're really completely different. There's only one. There's only one trait that I can think of that sort of ties them together but even that is just it's really not the same at all so i figured we would do uh skinwalkers you know it's a pretty popular topic these days you know with skinwalker ranch and um that tv show beyond skinwalker ranch and skinwalker ranch you know it's all sorts of skinwalker stuff going on and and even skinwalker ranch i mean it it has literally nothing to do with skinwalkers so we're we're not going to talk about skinwalker ranch um we might a little bit but we're not going to focus on that whatsoever you you might hear us mention it uh but yeah this is not an episode on skinwalker ranch this is an episode on the skinwalkers what a skinwalker is the history of a skinwalker and the differences between a skinwalker and a wendigo so before we get to our feature presentation i just wanted to go over you know a little news let's get some get some housekeeping out of the way uh so i know a couple weeks ago i said that i was working on a an audio drama and i was gonna you know read chapters here and there as, as as i went well I've been kicking this idea around back and forth, and I don't know I think I'm gonna just make it a book again. I just I don't know. I'm not feeling. I was I. What did I listen to? I listened to something. I think I like re-listened to, uh, Barasca season two, and it got me like in all hyped up to make a an audio drama. You know, I was like, I want to do that. I want to make my own Barasca. Well. Now I just want to, I just want to make a book. You know, I want to, I've always wanted to, to be an author. This is, I've pretty much, I've written the whole book. I'm just going back and editing these chapters that I've written. I've been stuck on chapter one for about a year now. I just need to buckle down, get it done, get it out there. So I can become, you know, I don't know, maybe like the next, uh, who's a good, Who's a good uh adventure author? Clive Cussler? Gary Paulson? You remember Gary Paulson with that book we all had to read in, in fourth grade? The Hatchet? There was another Gary Paulson book I liked, by the way. It was like uh rock jockeys. These these kids like climb a cliff, right? And there's some sort of like crashed bomber up there with a buried treasure inside and they like find it and oh it was badass. It was a sick, sick book. I haven't read it in like 20 years. So maybe, maybe it's not as good as I remember it, but, but anyway, I want to be the next Gary Cussler. That's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be Gary Custler adventure author right there. And that's going to be my pen name. That's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm taking the best parts of Clive Custler and Gary Paulson and I'm mashing them together. Uh, Nah, I'm just kidding. But but I do I do want to be an author, so I'm gonna put this out as a book. You know, I can still people are interested. I can still read chapter by chapter. You know, as I as I go along and finish the ed, this editing process, uh, but it's exciting. I think I think it's a it's a it's kind of like I a, um, a uh, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on on what they call these these types of uh this genre of story but it's it, it it's it's a story that tells the the introduction of this this character i've i've developed and and he's a uh he's a a nathan drake for, for you those of you who know on un, the uncharted video game series you know he's in a nathan drake indiana jones type of character you know he's I listen to a lot of of audiobooks and podcasting. And I listen to a lot of these adventure stories, right? And and all these 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 stars of these stories, these main characters, they're all like 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 Navy Seals or or Green Berets and you know, they have 20 years worth of experience in the military and blah blah blah. Now they're working for some secret archaeological government agency to save these ancient historical relics and blah 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 blah. Well and, and even Clive Kussler does the same thing with, with his with his characters there. Uh Dirk Pitt and He developed a new one, but I, I forget his name. But uh but yeah, no, mine, you know, he's just a normal everyday treasure hunter. Grave slash grave robber. Slash all-around nice guy he is, he's he's an Nathan Drake so so yeah you know this the story it, it it deals with with treasure hunting and CIA agents and runaway Isis commanders um takes place in the backdrop of the Isis siege of of sinjar and and you know these these thousands and thousands of of Yazidi townsfolk that, that got locked down. But uh but all right. He's uh he's on. The man of the hour is on. Um let's see if he we can get him get him talking. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how you been? Good, how are you? Good. I've been good. I was uh just rambling to myself about oh about this story I've been trying to write for like four years now, but
1: yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I have a idea of what you mean a little bit
0: <laughs> I, uh, I'm gonna attempt to to um read it chapter by chapter and see if people like that, but I don't know. I'm not a very I'm not the best of readers, so I'm not gonna be able to do it justice,
1: yeah, I get you. I mean, like everything just takes practice,
0: right. But yeah, perfect. So, tonight, it's my one-year anniversary. I don't know if I actually told you this or not, but I'm calling it my yeah, one-year anniversary. I don't know when the exact date I started doing this was, but it's been 52 episodes. It's 52, you know, 52 weeks in a year. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to bring you on. I thought that'd be fun Um, and talk about some skinwalkers.
1: Sounds good. Always a fun topic to uh, <clears throat> to talk about.
0: I know, right? Um and I also wanted to like we don't have to focus on it at all, but I kinda wanted to go over, you know, the difference between a skinwalker and a Wendigo. Which I know I had done an episode on Wendigo's a while ago, but I didn't I didn't want to focus on that. But I know that I feel like people get them uh they consider them the same, you know, kinda like the same uh creature.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that, uh, I'm guessing it's probably just because of TV and stuff, but right, people see, like, they hear Wendigo, and they think, oh, it's a type of skinwalker, or vice versa, and all. Right. <laughs> that's, that's just not the case.
0: <laughs> exactly. I didn't know how much you wanted to go into this. I kind of did some stuff on, like, shapeshifters in general, like, n- you know, natural animals that we know of that can shapeshift, yeah. and then kind of, like... Hmm you know unnatural shape shifters uh you know stuff from from legends and lore and then i took a, a couple notes on the navajo but i didn't really i didn't really focus on that and then i just kind of went into like navajo beliefs and where the the idea of the skinwalker comes from and then the skinwalker itself and that was pretty much and then i got a couple of stories too that i found online but
1: Oh okay. That'll be good.
0: Yeah, I mean if it gets too late I can always just read them later on. But but yeah. You done any new videos lately?
1: Not as many as I'd like to, but uh put a few out since then. Let me let me see right quick. How how long has it been since we talked? Like a month, maybe two?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Um talked about the little people from Inuit Legends. The uh, Kentucky Goblins. That was a crazy story. Oh, yeah. Um, Dust Schultz's Lost Treasure and the Flying Head from Iroquois and Wyandotte Legend.
0: <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, I want to ask you something. Uh, the the Kentucky Goblin story, is that the Kellyville, um, so. Hopkinville?
1: Yeah, yeah, Hopkinsville or Hopkins, Hopkins, something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's it. Do you think that, um Do you think that the Kellyville slash Hopkinville goblin could be an, an alien creature? Or do you think it was more of a cryptid?
1: It's hard to say, to be honest, because uh you know, you hear stories about little people and <clears throat> they fit the description of those little people. Right. So what I kinda came to like a conclusion for in my video was that it's possible that they could be aliens, but that's kind of like the simple solution of, oh, well, what were they? They were aliens the end. But if you look into legends just of North America in general, there's these things called, what were they called? I forgot the actual name, but they're called uh, the Elves of Darkness. And it's actually from Iroquois legend. And what the Elves of Darkness actually do is they'll stay underneath the ground where it's dark and they protect mankind from all of the monsters and evils that are underneath the earth. So mm. they're not bad because they're called Elves of Darkness. It's just because that they literally live in the darkness that they're called that. Right. So my theory that I came up with was perhaps the uh, the saucer or the comet that the first guy saw could have crashed into the earth and released something. So these right. were the Elves of Darkness coming to say, hey, there's a monster. You need to get out of here because when they first showed up they had their hands like raised up in the air as if like they were surrendering
0: yeah i mean i never never even thought about that angle at all
1: yeah i mean it's it's kind of out there but it's you know one of those interesting things to think about just just for fun really i suppose
0: right i know a couple weeks yeah a couple weeks ago now i did an episode on the the uh the virginia ufo crash from brazil i don't know if you ever heard of that but um i have
1: not oh Sounds you have oh no.
0: it's like it's probably one of did you follow the uh the david grush stuff with the the uaps and and all the the government um ufo government stuff did you follow in any of that happened recently
1: uh no i haven't
0: no uh oh. well he he was like at capitol hill and had like <laughs> You know, meetings with all these members of Congress and stuff. You know, he was like, "Oh, he's some sort of whistleblower," you know, from from a UFO program. And um, he was like, "Oh, the government has you know um, alien entities and blah blah blah," and he's talking about all that stuff. And and uh, they, if the government has real alien, you know, bodies, then the Virginia ufo crash is where they got them from because there was like this huge you know a bunch of people like hundreds of people saw this ufo crash in brazil back in 96 and then over the course of a whole week the city was like under siege from these aliens and the government you know the the army came in and locked down the city and they were like running around capturing all these aliens that everybody was seeing and then yeah. out of nowhere the u.s government comes in like our we come in and just take it all, <laughs> like I don't know. There's a real good documentary on it called "The uh, Moment of Contact." Um, I'd re- I definitely recommend watching that. But but yeah, well, I, I have
1: to look that up. That's crazy,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, I kind of made. The, I tried to make the because some you know they had like drawings of these these aliens they saw, and they somewhat looked like the Kellyville goblins. But I know the, the, the goblins had like big ears in the, the Virginia aliens. They didn't have any ears, but, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of, I tried to like, you know, was this Kellyville goblin, was it the same as this Virginia alien or not? Who knows? But, well, yeah, I don't know. That, it, it's definitely something I've, I've read about a few times.
1: Yeah. I mean, Hey, it's possible, especially cause, uh, I'm not sure if you know too much about it, but they ended up shooting at the creatures. And they would shoot them, and they'd hit them. But they'd just kind of, like, roll back and then float away. Yeah. So they never really died. They just kind of floated off.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think they... And then, like, even the cops went went back and they said there were bullet holes everywhere. Like, something, something happened there, right? You know? But...
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: But anyway, that, that has nothing to do with, with skinwalkers, so... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I have Adventure Explorer Discover. Um, he's a YouTuber. He's been on, I think, once before when we talked about some some lost treasure in Virginia, the the Beale treasure. Um, so yeah, I know that you you do a lot with Native American lore, and the Skinwalker is definitely maybe one of the most famous. Um. I don't wanna call it a creature, because it's not really a creature, but it you know the skinwalker is definitely one of the, the more famous creatures of Native American lore. Um so yeah, I don't know how you wanna start this off, but I I got some let's let me get down here. I got some notes on some some actual animals uh, that we know of today like like science is documented that can change their shape and some of them are pretty crazy i don't know if you've ever heard of any of these um i'll just i'll i'll call a couple out to you and you can tell me if you've heard of them or not uh this, this is a i think this is the newest one it's called the the mutable rain frog have you ever heard of this
1: i have not that sounds you know? interesting
0: yeah it's, it was discovered in in the ecuadorian rainforest. In 2006, uh, and it has the ability to change its skin texture from spiny to smooth in just mere seconds. Like, it, it took them so long to document the species because it could just switch so fast. But yeah, it's, it's the first documented uh, vertebrate species to be able to, you know, have the shape-shifting ability. So, So that's one of them probably the most famous would be the cuttlefish. You, you probably heard of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The cuttlefish, which is definitely a really cool. It's kind of like an octopus sort of. Um, It has the ability to change its shape through neural transmitters in its brain. Um, it's able to create the ultimate camouflage by, you know, it can completely change its skin color, the patterns of the colors uh and its texture to match its surroundings and then there's the the mimic octopus which is pretty much does the same thing as the cuttlefish but it can it can mimic the shape of 13 they they've um they've observed this octopus taking the shape of 13 different species most of them being venomous or poisonous and if you if you go like if you're on YouTube searching around just one day just look up this octopus it's crazy it can like walk it can like make itself look like a snake it's crazy it does weird weird stuff but yeah those are probably the most famous of the natural shapeshifters then kind of made a list of some unnatural shapeshifters so this is getting more into the the um the skinwalker territory and i kind of broke it down into to three like three different i don't know what you want to call them classes or
1: tiers or grades or
0: something yeah (laughs) here's is good so there's you know there there's the creatures with it's almost like a natural ability kind of like the ones that i went over Mm -hmm. uh and then there's the beings who can use some form of magic to change their their form through like a spell or a magical object, and then like those who have been cursed. So for the the natural, these these unknown creatures from lore that seem to have like the natural ability to shapeshift would be like demons or the fae, um, mimic entities like shadow people or inhuman spirits slash you know elementals. Have you ever heard of the Alaskan Kushtika?
1: It kind of sounds familiar, but I can't say for a fact that I have
0: yeah, it's like a they call it like the the otter man, so it's kind of like a a sasquatch type creature uh but it's it looks more like an otter than than like an ape um and it's supposedly able to kind of mimic the form of its prey or like like if you're out there trying to find one it'll kind of like and you're in like a group of people it'll mimic a person in your group to try and like uh to try and like um separate you you know from the group
1: oh yeah kind of like to coax you away from the others
0: yeah so it it supposedly has that ability um and then i know i know like some higher level jinn they're able to to take the shape of humans or animals, but apparently they're unable to replicate human feet for some reason, I guess that's in the lore, and then <laughs> doppelgangers, you know they, they kind of like, whatever shape they originally are, they they change their shape to look like you, so and I'm sure you know way more than I do, so I think some of your videos are some shapeshifters some things you've done videos on are, are like some kind of shapeshifter
1: <clears throat> yeah, there's a uh, a few, not a whole lot, but there there are a few. One of them that I had written down, I had actually forgotten that it does this after I started doing some more research on it, but it's called the Stigini, which is is from Seminole legend. And I think we talked about this last time, but after the uh, Trail of Tears where all the Native Americans were pushed from their original home right. to the Midwest, the, uh, the Seminole never had any accounts of the Stiginis. But whenever they moved over to where they were placed, then they started to, which just kind of, you know, if you have a story or a legend that's part of your culture, why didn't it exist from the beginning of your culture, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's something that I found really interesting. But the Stikini shape shifts in a really interesting way. So throughout the day, it looks just like any other human, but it doesn't act like a human. It kind of acts off, kind of funny, you know? Right, As if like they're trying to hide something, which, you know, they do. And then whenever dusk comes around, what it'll do, it'll go out to the darkest parts of the forest and it vomits up its guts and it places them in a tree. So that way it hides, you know, it's, it's innards, it's entrails. So once it's placed, you know, it's entrails, wherever it's going to do it, whether it be under a rock or in a bush or in a tree, more or less it's kind of invincible so you can't really beat it so the only way that you can beat it is by finding its entrails and then burning them or having some animal eat them but during that time of you know not having its guts it literally fl- flies around like a half owl half human hybrid so those things are those things are pretty creepy because if you encounter one you can't really do anything because you know they're immortal while they're in that form. Mm. Yeah, so that's one that I had remembered. <clears throat> I had a video on that one, and it was just uh, something to be like, "Oh yeah, this is pretty crazy, actually."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember watching that video, and that the fact that they didn't talk about it, and then they moved—you know—they they were forcibly moved to a, a new area, and then they started talking about it. That that is really interesting because it. it it, it, I don't know. There's just something about it that makes it more real, you know.
1: Yeah, like if you just had a story that was related to a, uh, like the utilitarian sort, where you're just trying to teach your kids, hey, don't go out in the forest. You would have that story, you know, basically forever. It would only, it wouldn't only exist for the last two or three hundred years.
0: Right. Right. Um. So then I kind of, I kind of got a couple examples of like, um, I mean, there's, there's, there's probably so many, you know, of these creatures of lore who have like, you know, this innate ability to shapeshift through all these different cultures that it, I, I couldn't find them all. And I kind of just stuck to, to North America really. So, um, and I'm sure there are more that I, I haven't heard of and that we haven't heard of that you haven't heard of, but, um, uh, I kind of yeah, moved.
1: Definitely. There. Like, right, it's just really hard to find information on like uh tribes from other countries, like even if you try to find out like legends about South America, it's really hard to find any information about that, and I was even trying to do like a video on like different monsters in Australia, yep, I was looking online for like a solid hour or two hours and I only came up with like four different monsters. <laughs> it's just hard to find stuff,
0: <laughs> yeah step <clears throat> def- Australia would be an interesting place. Cause it's definitely one of the, you know, I think the the aboriginals, they've been, been there for like sixty thousand years, you know.
1: Yeah, they they've been there a long time. Um,
0: so yeah, I kind of went into my my type two, which is like the the magic user. I don't really know what 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 to call them other than you know they use magic to shapeshift, and those would be you know like your standard witches or or warlocks and sorcerers or. You know any 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 type of uh person who can use magic to shape shift, but there was a couple that caught my attention. And the have you ever heard of Peter Stump? He's he was. Um,
1: don't think I have
0: no. No, he's he's a 16th century werewolf, uh, who had admitted under torture, but but I I, I think the case was was pretty solid that he he did some pretty heinous stuff, but uh. He admitted that that he had made a deal with the devil uh, and, and in return, he was gifted a, a girdle that he could put on that would turn him into a werewolf, you know, a, a wolf. And, and he would go on and he would, you know, he killed a bunch of people and he ate them and did all sorts of really crazy stuff. Um, so I think that's one of the more famous like magic users uh through history. Right, right. And then the third one would be like you can shape shift through a curse. So that would be like werewolves. Um werewolves as we would know them. Like you're bit by a werewolf and then you're cursed and you can't really control your ability, you know? Yeah. And that would include like the Rougarou or the some people call them, you know, the loop Um, even vampires, they're they're on the same level and even the Wendigo. So this is kind of the difference between the main difference between a skinwalker and a Wendigo, I believe is that you're kind of, the way I understand it is when you're a Wendigo, it's almost like you're cursed to become a Wendigo. Like, uh, you, you, you kind of get like bit, bit, and I'm going to put air quotes around that by, you know, another Wendigo, Mm -hmm. um, and that and that's kind of how you turn into turn into one, and it, it's definitely different than than a skinwalker.
1: Yeah, there's <clears throat> from what I can remember, because I, I forgot to look up anything about wendigos. But from what I can remember, there was three different types of wendigos. There's the the physical form where you know people eat other people because they're starving. Mm-hmm. There's the second form, which is like a It's kind of like a giant and it's like a human, but it's a giant deformed human essentially. Right. And then the third one is just the Wendigo spirit itself. And that one can like go and infect people more, you know, quote unquote, infect people and cause them to, you know, go Wendigo.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much how I understood it too.
1: Yeah. Honestly, like it, to me, it sounds a whole lot more like a zombie than, uh, Yeah, I mean, are.
0: Yep. that makes sense. Um. But yeah, we don't really have to get into the. I, I did an episode on the Windigo. We don't really have to get into it. I just maybe we'll bring it up. I'll try and bring it up. I'll remember to bring it up towards the end. Um. But yeah, so that was kind of like a, a short list of of creatures with the ability to shape shift. So now that we've covered the basics, those are the basics uh we can get into the skinwalker and i just wanted to i i just have a couple quick navajo facts that i just wanted to to get out there kind of place us where we are you know where this whole skinwalker phenomenon kind of takes place or or originated from uh so so the navajo they're one of the few indigenous nations uh, whose reservation overlaps its its ancestral homeland, uh, and it's nearly dead center in the Four Corners region of the the United States. I guess I probably should have wrote down what those states are, but I think they're Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Nevada, and either Utah or Colorado. I'm I forget, but but yeah you know they they're, they're kind of like square states and they that the bottom so the bottom corners of the top the top two and the the top corners of the bottom two kind of meet together in a four corners junction um and and crazy stuff has been reported to have gone on there for you know hundreds of years uh at nearly 17,600 acres the navajo nation is the largest area held by a native american tribe in the united states and it's spread throughout northeast arizona northwest new mexico and bits of southeast utah with its government seated in window rock arizona so those are like my my uh navajo facts now the navajo they're they're a fascinating tribe they're definitely one of the more well-known tribes within north america within the united states you could we i i mean i could do a whole episode on them just them and their lore and who they are as a as a you know a people um they're really fascinating and i think one of the one of the cooler facts that people might not know about uh is that back in world war 2 uh when we were in the Pacific, they used the Navajo code so that the Japanese, you know, couldn't catch on to our plans. Uh and there was a movie that came out about this. It wasn't very good, but it's it it was it's actually a really interesting topic. You know, they, they called them wind talkers, Navajo wind talkers.
1: Oh yeah, I remember seeing that movie it had a Nicolas Cage in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't a very good movie, but it, it's it's a pretty interesting uh you know topic just in itself. Because, I mean, the Japanese, they never cracked the Navajo code. I guess I have one more Navajo fact, and it's the traditional Navajo word for skinwalker. I'm going to try this. Don't laugh at me. Um, yi na adoshi, and that translates to, with it, he goes on all fours. That was my best uh, attempt at Navajo.
1: Yeah, a lot of uh, Native American words are difficult to to say
0: oh yeah i am so bad at pronouncing all sorts of names it's like my my downfall i'm notorious for it but but that's all right i try not to take it to heart when people get angry
1: yeah i, I mispronounced a lot of different things when i was doing one of my videos and everyone's like no it's like this oh it's like that it's like, well, i don't know these things i'm reading this. Right? <laughs>
0: Doesn't it? Isn't it? But just bother you when people are like that. Like, what is it that big of a deal that you had to, you know, you you can't leave me a rating, but you can, you can take the time out of your day to email me on how I pronounced this wrong. (laughs) Um, but uh, all right. The Navajo beliefs. Now I don't know if because I know you did an episode on skinwalkers, uh. Let me go on your page, see how long I don't see it right now. But I know I know I seen one on there. Um... um
1: looks like it was about five months ago. Oh yeah, March. Yeah, okay. in
0: March. Right. Um did you get into like the Navajo belief and like where the where this idea of the skinwalker comes from? Did you did you cover any of that?
1: Uh yeah, I covered a bit. I kind of explained, you know, the difference that Skinwalkers are not Wendigos. Hmm. And I mentioned briefly Skinwalker Ranch just because hmm. when I had watched the whole series, I was like, oh, cool. This is going to have some Native American stuff. In <laughs> they mention the legend once, and then that's it. <laughs> right. Nothing else that happens has anything to do with Skinwalkers. It's like, oh, there's right. a flying orb. Oh, I have a headache. I There's radiation poisoning. It's like, right. this has nothing to do with Skinwalkers, <laughs> though.
0: <laughs> I know. I did mention before you got on that we we weren't going to talk about skinwalker ranch but uh um i did make it known that 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 tv show has nothing to do with with skinwalkers and that i don't even know why it's called skinwalker ranch i guess they call it skinwalker ranch because when the original owners bought the land and the weird stuff started happening there was a, a giant wolf that was seen that they like shot a couple times and nothing happened to it you know like I guess that's why it's called Skinwalker Ranch, but other than that, it nope.
1: is. So, like, the the old reason like that that was called Skinwalker Ranch is that there was, you know, the Navajo people or the Ute people, I forgot which one, but both of them believe in the Skinwalker, and basically whenever they were forced out of their home, somebody had said that they put a curse on the land called the Skinwalker Curse, so that way anybody who lives on this land is just going to be plagued by bad things, more or less. Mm. But when you realize that skinwalkers are not, you know, they're not ghosts or spirits. They're people. Right. It's like, so did you tell somebody, hey, you're going to go haunt these people forever? Right. (laughs) You know? So it doesn't really, you know, at least unless there's something that I'm missing from it, it doesn't have anything to do with actual Native American legend. Nothing from a Navajo legend suggests that you can curse a place with a person like that.
0: Right. I guess that makes sense. Um, I think the only thing I could think of would be just because, you know, they use like, I don't know what you want to call it, dark magic. I guess you know, but I who knows. But I don't think I'd ever heard that part of the story. I, I guess, I guess that wouldn't would make sense of why they would call it skinwalker ranch but
1: yeah oh and the uh, the wolf that you had mentioned that was that was really weird that's probably the the most exciting and strange part of the entire thing with skinwalker ranch
0: right yeah that's
1: you know at least has to do with skinwalkers right because the family had moved in they brought in their cattle and they just saw this massive wolf walking up to them and i think the dad had tried to scare it away but it just wasn't even bothered it wasn't even mean
0: yep yeah. So it
1: walks up and it sniffs the cattle or the cow and it just starts biting into it, tearing yeah. into them. You know, like you said, they shoot it, doesn't do anything, and eventually it just gets bored and just walks away. Right. <laughs> so that's like the craziest part of it all.
0: And I mean that's like the craziest part of everything that's that's been there. You know, they've said that weird things have happened, but none of it's ever been, you know, it's all kind of word of mouth like this. Robert Bigelow, you know, the super rich guy who who did this weird stuff for the government or whatever, says that this crazy stuff happened. But did it really happen? You know, like, I don't know. I think So he
1: was actually really interesting because he had hired a lot of people that were all skeptics. He didn't want anyone that was a believer to actually go in and study this because he wanted everyone to think that it wasn't real. Mm. So that way, if they get any evidence, then it would be that much more real.
0: Right. I guess that makes sense. That that's a good way to go about it. I mean, yeah, cuz what did he I mean, we don't have to get into Skinwalker Ranch really, but uh didn't I didn't he what did he make? Did he make weapons or airplanes for the military? What was I he? Think it was airplanes. Yeah. Something like that. He had yeah, and he had an aerospace company. And then Yeah. He he must he has, was
1: a super rich guy.
0: Oh, yeah. He, I'm assuming the government probably showed him some sort of alien tech because he, you know, you don't you don't just sink millions of dollars into trying to discover aliens if you don't have some sort of evidence that they're they're there. Yeah. But but yeah, I, and one of the I think one of the other weirdest things I heard of Skinwalker Ranch was when like all the cattle were stuffed inside of like this little trailer or something. You ever hear that story?
1: Oh, yeah. I remember hearing that too.
0: That was probably like the other <clears throat> weird thing that I've heard. But, but yeah, it's mostly just like weird readings and stuff that they're getting now, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's, it's rough whenever you're just like, oh, well, all the cattle were stuck in a trailer. It's like, did you take a picture? No.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was talking <laughs> about earlier. Like they said that, but nobody took a picture of it or anything. Or if they did, yeah. they're not sharing it, you know?
1: Yeah. Cause like it's not like, you know, like a Bigfoot thing where it's like it shows up and runs away. Like, they were right there sitting in front of you.
0: Right. Yeah. Like they had to physically remove them from the cattle trailer. Like you could have at least recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. And I mean, this, this is another way off topic thing. But have you ever seen the show Blind Frog Ranch? No, yeah, um, no. No. Oh, well, you might want to just look into that one. That one's pretty interesting too. It's got something to do with like, near Skinwalker Ranch and I guess there's some sort of lost treasure there that they're trying to dig up but I don't know we don't have definitely don't have to get into that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Navajo beliefs. Um so I kind of got into a little bit of nav you know their beliefs and um I hope these are these are right. I I definitely read from several different sources. So the Navajo tribal beliefs uh involve the existence of beings called the Earth People, as well as higher beings called the Holy People, which all inhabit Mother Earth. So you got Earth People, which would be like us. This, this is how I took it. You have Earth People, which would be like us. Then you have Holy People, which would be like almost like demigods, maybe, is, is how I kind of read it. And then Mother Earth, obviously, is, is Earth. While the Navajo holy people are like demigods, spiritually guiding the Navajo earth people, but not fully interacting with them, uh, the Navajo medicine men, which are witch doctors or however you want to refer to it, because I think in the Navajo culture, they kind of call magic anti, which loosely translates from Navajo to English, meaning witchcraft. So these are, they're kind of like, um, uh like anti men so like you know Navajo witch doctors medicine men you know these witch doctors or or medicine men or anti men they're they're able to kind of bridge the gap between the spirit world as well as these these holy people and the earth people so that they kind of interact they're like middlemen between the earth people and these holy people. This is like the start of it I guess is how I'm trying to put it. I don't I don't know if this is making sense at all. As it, I ma- it made sense when I wrote it down, but as I'm reading it, it I don't know, <laughs> it's not sounding like it's making a whole lot of sense. Um,
1: yeah, I'm I'm kind of following. It's it's a it's a little complicated just because like it's not traditional Western stories,
0: but right, I, I follow what you mean. Right. So several types of practices have arisen over the ages for these these medicine men or these witch doctors. I think most people would know them as witch doctors. Or or medicine men. I mean, I think that that's pretty mainstream now. But uh, so several practices have arisen um, over the ages. In a 1944 book by Clyde Cluckhone called Navajo Witchcraft, he outlined four different types of of magic or four different types of anti and that would be witchery, wizardry, sorcery, and frenzy, and and frenzy magic is when one uses some sort of object or item to curse another. Uh it's, it's kind of an outlier, you know. You have witchery and wizardry and sorcery, and then you have frenzy. Like it, it's totally different than the rest, but um United States Army surgeon and civil war veteran Washington Matthews, which apparently this guy was known for his ethnographic studies of Native American culture in the in 1890s. So this guy was he did all sorts of stuff with different Native American tribes out west and and I didn't I didn't know what ethnographic was so I looked it up and the Google definition is relating to the scientific description of peoples and cultures with their customs, habits and mutual differences. So take that for for what it's worth. Even that is confusing. <laughs> But yeah, so this Washington Matthews guy, he 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 recorded one of the first member uh first mentions of Navajo witchcraft uh in their creation of first man and first woman myth. So this is like where we're really starting to get into what um uh a skinwalker is or or where the idea of the skinwalker comes from. It's kind of from this creation of first man and and first woman myth um so the story says that after the birth of the last twins as the first man and first woman had five sets of twins uh and they were both husband and wife as well as brother and sister and that 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 plays a a big role uh in the these holy people's ability to use magic um and we'll 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 get into that later, but just keep that in mind. How they were they were brother and sister, so they had like a a uh, incestuous relationship going on. Um, the gods came down and took the first man and the first woman to the mountains in the east, where they were taught the awful secrets of witchcraft. This is where Navajo learned the ways of witchcraft. And it's interesting because it's also kind of the same in Christianity or uh, Judaism, I guess. They kind of talk about it in the same way in the Bible as like, you know, and even Greek lore and Greek mythology and North mythology. You know, like people learned, nor everyday people learned the ways of, of magic through, you know, these higher beings. Like, um, so they, they call them the holy people. You know some christians might consider now i'm i am not religious so i'm going just from what i've i've um i'm not particularly religious i should say i'm just going off of what i've read and what i've heard other people say but it seems like you know us everyday people and it talks about this in the bible or maybe maybe not necessarily the bible because i don't believe the book of enoch is part of the bible but um
1: yeah, the, the book of Enoch, is not part of like the biblical canon, <clears throat> just because it's uh not said to be inspired by God. Whereas everything that else that is biblical canon is considered to be inspired by God.
0: Okay, yeah, so that makes sense. So yeah, I'm pretty sure in the book of Enoch, it says that the fallen angels, um, they kind of taught mankind, you know, the, the darker, you know, how to use magic and and you know these these rituals to you know do things they weren't supposed to which kind of helped bring along the flood and just the great flood and and stuff like that at least that's how i i I understood it so it's kind of the same as you know it kind of goes the same in the navajo uh beliefs and how these these holy people you know they're not they're not god they're kind of on the same level as these fallen angels would be, they're teaching the people, um, you know, the ways of magic. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's it's really similar, which is really interesting too, because like you have, you know, the people, and then you have God, and then in between you have these lesser beings than God, and they're both going and teaching people these, you know, these dark things that they shouldn't be learning and practicing.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, And I mean, it's that way with other cultures, too, I know, because I know, for a fact that the the Great Flood shows up in so many different cultures, even going, you know, way back to like the Sumerian lore, and um I, I guess Sumerian probably as far maybe back as it goes, but I know that a Great Flood shows up there, even the Navajo, they have their own Great Flood story, which I'm about to get into, actually, Um I didn't think about it when I was writing it, but it is it's another great flood, so you know this this great flood story shows up all over it, so it's kind of the same with the how these these higher beings are teaching people things that they shouldn't know you know it, it's it's weird how this idea or these multiple ideas kind of like you know it's not just like a Christian idea you know it it, it it's spread out throughout the whole world, it's like a whole world idea, and everybody's kind of taking credit for it. So you you have the the first man and first woman story and then another story is that that first man and first woman were part of of what they call the emergence. So this is when when the Navajo people emerged from within the earth and you know came up to the surface. So the first man and first woman they had used their their witchcraft to create they were supposed to use their witchcraft to create a, a suitable environment for mankind to to survive on, you know? So they're they're supposed to create the suitable earth for the Navajo to live on, but would cause catastrophe after catastrophe, destroying each underworld they passed through. Eventually there was a great flood, and the holy people of the underworld were able to escape through a hole in the underworld ceiling. Uh first man and first woman then brought witchcraft with them from the underworld and taught it to the Earth people, so that's that's and that that's not the full story. That's just a quick rundown. Um, I hope all that made sense because that was me trying to explain kind of the origins of witchcraft and magic within the Navajo belief. <laughs> Hopefully, you've, you 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 followed along, um, and I wasn't too confusing.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's <clears throat> it's uh. It's not too hard to follow. I guess. I guess, if like to put it in like simpler terms, is, you know, you have your creator, and then the lesser lesser beings than the creator, and then those lesser beings go and they teach normal people about these dark things that they shouldn't know, and then they start practicing those things, and from that comes a skinwalker.
0: Perfect. That's a good good summary. Maybe I'll just use that instead. Um. <laughs> all right. So let's get into the skinwalker. Finally, um, so s- stories of the Navajo skinwalker they've they've kind of exploded across the internet in recent years. It's like super popular. Like even my son, my oldest son, I'm sure he doesn't know exactly what a skinwalker is, but but he 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 knows in general terms what a skinwalker is. Um, I heard him talking about him. Like, uh, I heard him talking the other day about you know he was just talking about skinwalkers in general but uh nearly every paranormal site you visit or youtube channel or, or podcast you listen to or watch has kind of covered the history of the skinwalker um and i know a lot of podcasts go into like firsthand stories of like skinwalker sightings and people people love these you know
1: yeah they, they become super popular in the last few years it's like I guess, I guess it's like the new version of Slenderman,
0: right? Uh, yeah, definitely. I believe earlier you you mentioned when you were talking about the uh, what was it called the 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 shapeshifter you had brought brought up earlier that um,
1: the Stickinny?
0: Yeah, so you were talking about that, and you you had mentioned like during the day when it when it looks like a regular human, uh, it kind of acts funny, you know. It's not like acting yeah. like a human. It's kind of like that with with Skinwalkers too, from what I understood. Um the Skinwalker is kind of like the epitome of a wolf in sheep's clothing, uh the expression a wolf in sheep's clothing as their dark magic practices are often kept secret, you know, from from everybody else in the in their Navajo uh community. Um and while in animal form, it's impossible to gain their identity, meaning anyone you know could be a skinwalker. Um, the bar- barista who you know made your coffee that morning could be a skinwalker. The, the cashier from the deli who rung up your lunch could be a, a skinwalker. Um, the bartender at your favorite bar you make small talk with you know every night, they could be a skinwalker. The fact is, it's impossible to spot a skinwalker unless you know what you're looking for, right? Right. So, in order for a Navajo witch to become a skinwalker, they need to willingly make the ultimate sacrifice. So, you, you, I'm sure you know all about this. So, you, you know, you could be a witch, like a a witch doctor. You know, the Navajo. They, they're. I know they're magic and i'll put air quotes around that has a lot to do with their day-to-day activity and and it's not necessarily a witch doctor that they're you know they're worried about they the witch doctor's fine it's the skinwalker it's like the next step above the witch doctor you know it's like the evil witch doctor and in order to become you know in order to make that next step um you kind of have to you have to you have to do something so heinous and so so out there so bad that it kind of kind of curses your soul almost and this is how this is how you truly become a skinwalker you know it's not just some spell that you can perform you actually have to like crack your soul and you can do this you know there's there I know several several ways of becoming a a skinwalker have have been made clear and those would be um i think the most popular one is is you have to murder someone you love and i believe the most popular would be a sibling um and i know like incestuous relationships are also a very popular way to 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 crack your soul and that goes back and that that kind of goes back to the whole first man uh, first woman story and how they were brother and sister and they were able to use, you know, this, this sort of dark magic too. Now, when you did your, did you read about all this stuff?
1: No, that's stuff I didn't get into actually.
0: Oh, you didn't? Yeah, so you have to like, from what I read, uh, you kind of have, you know, you have to take the next step. So, you know, everyday witch doctors is fine, they I'm not a native american but from what I understood was that the navajo you know magic um or this idea of magic is pretty pretty popular it's pretty uh, within the navajo culture so so they'll go to like a a medicine man or a witch doctor you know to be healed um or you know to have to maybe like get get good luck or you know if they're they're trying to you know, get a new job or or something like that. They'll go to the, the medicine man and, you know, they'll do the ritual and they'll, you know, they'll be blessed and they'll go along their way. And like that, that's normal. All that's normal, right? But to become a skinwalker, you have to be one of these medicine men and then you have to take the next step. And that would be to kill someone that you love pretty much. And that kind of cracks your soul and curses you. And this is where I kind of like, I feel like it. It has to do with the Wendigo, in a way. Um, it's not exactly the same, but it definitely is. a um, is similar because the the in order to become a Wendigo, you have to be you're, you're cursed. You know, you, you have to be cursed to become a Wendigo. In order to become a a skinwalker, you kind of curse yourself. Um.
1: Yeah, I did not know that about the. Uh how to become a skinwalker type of thing
0: yeah i mean that's everything that i've ever read was was that you kind of have to curse yourself and i I know there are several other ways but i i i definitely know that murdering a loved one is the i think you know it's it's like the fastest way to do it but but incestuous incestuous relationships was on the list um and i forgot to uh to look up what else there was but um so after you perform this action this after you go about you know killing your your loved one which whoever it is you choose like i don't i don't know i i read that that a, a sibling is um seems to be the go to the go to choice but i guess you know it could be anybody um that you love after performing this action the witch I'm just going to refer to them as, as as witches from now on. The witch would be initiated uh, and would be taught by other witches who have already mastered the the Skinwalker magic. Um, and this is what is known as witchery. It was one of those four classes of magic that Clyde uh, Cluckhone in his in his uh 1944 book, Navajo Witchcraft. Had mentioned, so there was witchery, which would be witchery magic, is the skinwalker magic, uh, and then there was the wizardry, the sorcery, and the frenzy magic. Um, after you, you're initiated, and you're kind of taught the, you know, the way of the the skinwalker or the witchery magic. You would provide the initiate with different animal skins, such as, uh, you know, a pelt from a coyote or a wolf even a deer, Um, and I even heard of different kinds of birds being used. I don't know how how you would go about doing that, but I guess you just wear a bunch of feathers or something. Um, And I've even heard stories of of animals like elk and horses and bears being used. So I know when we think of, of a skinwalker, we think of like, you know, like the wolf, right?
1: Right, typically
0: yeah or like a coyote or whatever you know but uh you could pretty much use whatever sort of of animal skin you wanted to i know i i heard a story about a a guy who who um saw a, a skinwalker deer uh but but yeah so you could use any of these different animal hides to um practice your your witchery skills uh while while wearing the skin um and have you ever heard of corpse powder?
1: Corpse powder? Uh, no.
0: No. So this is another um, thing of the skinwalker that I've. Yeah, it it does like all the stuff I've heard of of skinwalkers online. You never really hear of corpse powder. I don't know if it's like an out of date um, idea or it's just not cool enough. I don't. I don't know. But it, it is. It's actually pretty fascinating and it, it's crazy. Um, I know my favorite novel, it's by, um, let's see, I wrote down, uh, it's by Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child, uh, they teamed up and wrote some pretty killer novels, you know, back in the 90s, I think, and there's this one called Thunderhead, and, um, it involves skinwalkers, and they have a, a crazy, de- you know description or a depiction of what corpse powder will do to somebody um but corpse powder is pretty much it's made from uh or I guess some people would call it corpse poison, and it's a very fine powder um and those who have seen it say it resembles pollen like it's fine like pollen. It's made from the ground-up bones and dried flesh of freshly laid-to-rest Navajo. Um, The most potent poisons come from the bodies of children, especially twins, apparently. And um, the circular bits of bone cut from the back of the skull... As well as the skin found on the fingertips, toes, and balls of the foot. Apparently, use those to make the more potent corpse powder. Um, corpse powder must come in contact with the victim for its effects to be felt. There are many ways to do this. Uh, in the past, the most popular ways were to drop it through the smoke hole uh, of a Hogan which is like a sacred house, um, dropping it in the open mouth of a sleeping individual or blowing it in the face of someone through uh, furrowed-out sticks or straws. I know modern reports find that corpse powder is delivered through, like, poisoned cigarettes, like cigarettes that have been... Cigarettes or even food and water or, you know, just regular food and drinks that have been tainted with corpse powder. Um... But despite the mode of delivery, the end result is almost always the same, and that's death. Uh, sometimes the death is quick; sometimes it's slow. I think the the mode of delivery depends. Like if you get like a full blast of co- corpse powder in the face, then you're you're gonna die pretty quick. Um, if you just get a little bit, it'll be a slow, agonizing death. And the Navajo medicine men they make it quite clear. Um, that ceremonial singing may slow the poisoning, but it cannot be cured. So once you're poisoned with corpse powder, you cannot be cured. Um, and yeah, like I said, that fictional novel called Thunderhead by Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child, um, gives a great depiction of what corpse powder poisoning will do, uh, to the human body. But it's it's obviously, uh, you know, fiction. Right. Or, or at least the depiction in the story. Uh, apparently this corpse powder was real at one point. I don't know if it's... You don't hear much of, about it being used uh, today. Like all the Skinwalker stories I hear, you never hear of corpse powder being used. Um, but it was in several older books that I looked over when I got my... Uh, when I did my research. But um but yeah, so skinwalkers are known to gather in groups on significantly powerful locations, especially caves. Uh I watched a show recently. So so you knew about uh what was it? Skinwalker Ranch. Did you know there was another show called Beyond Skinwalker Ranch? Where they go to like they send people from Skinwalker Ranch to like these other ranches around the country that have weird stuff happening. Have you ever heard of that show?
1: Uh I've heard of it, but I haven't gotten a chance to watch
0: it. Oh uh, well, there was an ep- they did an episode on skinwalkers in general. Like uh I forget exactly where they went, but some some Navajo tribe and they went and they rode along with with two Navajo Rangers or police officers. Um and they went to this place called Satan's Butte in Arizona and it was featured on this, you know, beyond Skinwalker Ranch show. Um, which apparently used to be the location of a skinwalker gathering site, um, but it had been destroyed like 30 years prior. Um, but apparently, it remained a hot spot for skinwalker activity. And like you had mentioned earlier, and how, um, like how how the, how can a skinwalker curse, you know, an area?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It kind of like they kind of went mentioned the same thing at this location like this i guess this location was cursed in some way i don't know they didn't explain like how it happened or whatever but they're talking about like you know like oh they haven't been here for 30 years but weird stuff still happens and blah 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 um but it it didn't say any like how how it happened or or not and obviously they didn't find anything in the show but there was this one interesting thing that happened and while they were on top of the satan's butte like taking all sorts of different readings i don't even know what kind of meters they were using there were all, all sorts of different readings um and the wind was blowing so hard that it was literally lifting the laptops off of the table and they had to like hold them down and then one of the police officers was like we got to get out of here we can't be here anymore like because they, they were like if we call it we got to go and the police officer calls it and they pack up and leave and the wind like stops instantly i don't know if that was like they had, like, giant fans in the background or, or what, but it was, you know, it was definitely weird.
1: Yeah, I'm that, yeah, that, <laughs> not sure how else to explain it.
0: Right? Like, I don't know if it's some sort of, You always hear about these, you know, these reality shows being fake and, and stuff like that, like the ghost ones. And so, I don't know, maybe they faked it somehow, but it was, it was definitely weird. Um I guess another thing I got was that skinwalkers are said to retain their human eyes while in animal form, and their animal eyes while in human form. Um, that was just some that was just some random thing that I read, and there was a another thing I saw that was that kind of creeped me definitely creeped me out was a video posted to YouTube by uh that one cowboy, which has been viewed. 12.6 million times and was liked by over a million viewers and it shows a man you know he's like riding on a horse through a ranch. he's got like a ranch or something you know he's riding down the dirt road Mm -hmm. like here's like his wife or something like calling him from you know off the side of the road like in the woods and the horse like freaks out and just takes off running and he says it was a, a, a skinwalker
1: i mean i've never heard of uh like as far as like anything like definitely definitely from Navajo lore or legend that states that skinwalkers mimic. But I mean, wouldn't put it past them.
0: Right. Right. I I didn't read anything like that either. And it seems like a lot of the videos that people post online are are skinwalkers like mimicking uh like I don't know, the voice of someone you would know, you know. I know there was, this was like this is going way back like ten years or more. There's maybe I won't bring it up. I don't even remember what the name of the show was. But it it was a show that's like ten years old. It was on the Sci Fi Channel, and they would like recreate um, or they would take like a a story um, of a different like cryptid creature, and they would kind of make their own story up that would involve this creature, and even that show involved like in the skinwalker episode it was like a father and a son and they're going out on a ranch to try to find a uh like a lost sheep or something and um the the skinwalker in that show like mimics the mom and they freak out I don't don't know but I mean the I guess the idea of of the mimicking goes back at least 10-12 years to, to that show I just got a little bit more here so I guess this is kind of where I got into. To um, I've done a lot of talking. I'm sorry. My voice is starting to. No, uh, get...
1: yeah, you're good. I understand. <laughs> My voice was giving out on me the other day.
0: <laughs> um, this is kind of where I got into the differences between a Wendigo. And a Skinwalker. Uh, it's pretty much what I found. And you can tell me if you agree. Um. So, well, they're two totally different types of beings. Like I know a lot of people kind of they want to equate them. They they want to call them the the same creature from two different, you know, parts of the 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 North America. Um, but I think like the technically the skinwalker was once human, uh, but it it really isn't human anymore. It's like a, it actually turns into a creature while the skinwalker is pretty much a person, you know, kind of shifting into an animal or an animalistic form at, at, you know, at best.
1: I guess maybe kind of like a, uh, like a feral human.
0: Right. I mean, it seems like, I guess a lot of stories tell the skinwalker turning into an actual animal, um, but it's still ultimately a person, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the Wendigo is the result of a curse put upon someone by an some sort of like ancient spirit or ancient spell, kind of like that of a werewolf. Uh, and the skinwalker is the result of a curse or dark spell. Um, and and instead of having to be bit by another, the skinwalker is kind of created through personal sacrifice. Um, kind of cursing oneself uh, for always and forever. So once once you make that sacrifice, you can't you know you can't go back. You you're kind of you I, I I kind of makes me think of like Voldemort and how he he breaks his soul into seven you know the Horcruxes.
1: Oh yeah, the the seven pieces of his soul with the Horcruxes.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I think when I think of the skinwalker. He's you're breaking your soul to become a skinwalker. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I had for skinwalkers. I have the story, a couple stories left, but I don't know. How, how is that? What what do you, what do you think about all that?
1: That's super thorough. It's a, it's a lot more information than you'll find anywhere else, to be honest. Um, I'd actually listened to a video about skinwalkers like a few days ago and, for some reason, like, they just kind of repeat the same thing, and, like, the video was new, too. Like, it came out, like, a week or two ago.
0: So, I'm like,
1: we haven't gotten any new information since, you know, four or five hundred years ago.
0: (laughs) Right. And that's pretty much something that I've noticed, too. It's just, like, like, with every time you see a Skinwalker video, you know, it's always, like, has to do with the Skinwalker and the Wendigo, and it's always the same information, but but i mean it, it the the skinwalker is such a there's so much more behind what a skinwalker is it it's 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 crazy like you know it almost goes back to their original beliefs with these you know with these holy beings and, <clears throat> and stuff like that so i i mean i i tried to be as thorough as i could but i, I at some points i even confused myself so <laughs> we'll see how it comes out
1: yeah, I mean, it sounds good so far. There's a lot of really good new information. I was learning a lot just listening because there was a lot that you were talking about that was like, oh, wow. Because <laughs> a, a lot of that stuff I've never heard before. <clears throat> it's just hard to find that information.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, and a, a lot of like the corpse powder stuff, I'm sure there's, I didn't even look up any YouTube videos, but I'm sure there's videos on it. But it was... um, it was yeah, actually- that,
1: That's some pretty creepy stuff there
0: right it was in i actually first heard of it from that that book that i was uh thunderhead (laughs) but um i'm a postal driver so i listen to tons of podcasts and tons of audio books um all the time like i just you know i drive for like eight hours a day uh so i originally heard of corpse powder from that that book thunderhead and and if you have the time i would definitely recommend listening to it it's a great great book but uh
1: yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to write it down. You said Thunderhead.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, I don't know if you're. It's definitely if you're into like lost cities and lost treasure, it's definitely a good one. Like they find like a um, some archaeologist finds a lost uh. Um. What was the name There's another Native American tribe that was out there. They came before the Navajo or the Hopi. Um,
1: Hopi. Anasazi.
0: The- anasazi that's what it was oh yeah you find like an an ancient lost anasazi city and uh it's like protected by these two um skinwalkers and they so they they go there with like this archaeological team and they're being like picked off one by one by these skinwalkers it's it's pretty it's it's really good
1: um there's actually a a movie like it's it's very similar to a skinwalker but it doesn't like you know it's not a skinwalker but uh, have you ever seen The Wretched?
0: Oh my god, yes.
1: Yeah, like that movie was really good. It's like, <clears throat> it's not a skinwalker. I think like the lore was like, it's like earth root mud mm, and something. Yeah, but yeah, I was actually, like, it really was, yo, is it this like a skinwalker? <laughs> right?
0: Because I mean, it kind of, I mean.
1: I mean, basically like possesses the person and like right. consumes them or whatever, goes to the next person and keeps doing that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, those was, are the kind of horror movies that I really enjoy because, like, all the possession movies. Like, you know, after a while, like, well, if it's, uh, if it's if it's a demon, you're playing by God's rules. Just go ask God for help, and you're good. <laughs> you know,
0: right, right. Yeah, that, that movie actually really did creep me out. Um, and I know listeners of of my of almost canon. We I always get into movies at some point during every episode. Um, and I actually just started a. I don't want to call it its own podcast cause it's not, it's kind of just like a filler podcast that I, I, we put in episodes every now and then it's called real to real movie reviews. And me and this uh, urban explorer guy I interviewed a while ago, we kind of like review a movie that kind of has something to do with a topic that we covered on the show that I covered on the show. We actually just dropped our first episode today, this morning, but, uh, so everyone listening right now go back and listen to real to real movie reviews it chapter 1. It was good. But yeah. Um the wretched would definitely be a good one to to get into cuz that gets into some real funky weird I don't even know what what you would call it like fae magic or something.
1: Yeah, that's probably like the best thing that it could be described as. But uh <clears throat> like when it comes to like horror movies, like monster ones that are actually like, I guess, folklore. To me, those are the best, just because. Like, yeah, there's technically a way to beat them, but not everybody
0: knows that way,
1: right? And uh, another good one was the ritual. I don't know if you've seen that one.
0: I watched a thing on it. I want to. I wanted to watch it, but I just kind of spoiled myself. But yeah, it looked really good. That was the one with the giant, like, ancient god thing right at the end. It was like a horse. Yeah, the,
1: the so like the one of the people explains very shortly that it's uh it's the bastard son or bastard child of Loki from Norse mythology and it's called a Jotun. So yeah. basically these people have to worship this thing and offer sacrifices so that way they can live forever. So it was it was a really creepy movie because like it goes into like just like some weird head spaces that everybody's in
0: yeah yeah because then like one of one of the friends had died and they were like going out in memory of him on a hike or something yeah yeah i mean and that that even <laughs> that movie gets into some crazy topics that really interest me like this this ancient earth spirit magic i don't even know what you would call it but i feel like I feel like that's got to be real. There's got to be something out there that, you know, these Native American tribes, you know, they tapped into, and even tribes before the tribes that we know today, you know, even ancient or, you know, like, I don't even know if that's a word ancient or I think I just made that up. But, uh, um, you know, like these, when, when people first started, you know, cultures around the world, Like, you know how they just kind of found this uh, Gobekli Tepe place, you know, supposedly like the first uh, religious site, um, because it's like the oldest one that's ever been found. Have you ever heard of it?
1: Mm, I have not.
0: No, it's like it's in Turkey and it it was, you know, they dated it back before. um, It's dated to before humans were supposedly able to gather and create anything like that. Um, like before mm-hmm. the ice age ended and they' recently found it. so it's kind of like moving moving the timeline of humanity backwards by you know several thousands of years. And it's kind of like this circular site and it's got all these animal carvings and these huge like T-shaped pillars with different animals carved on it. and then at some point they just backfilled it and buried it and it took generations to build like several hundred years that they worshiped at this site. And then at one point they just buried it, you know, reburied it. And some farmer came along, you know, not too long ago and accidentally, you know, hit it with his plow and they found it. But, uh, but yeah, it it makes me think like these people, they tapped into, to some, something, you know, going back thousands and thousands of years. And I don't know if it's, it's faith, faith related or what, because even today, you cover tons of topics that have to do with it, like all these Native American creatures, and like where where do these these creatures originate from? You know, have they always been here? Where they are they kind of like created through some sort of like are they some sort of tulpa? You know, I, it's just a question that that I really want answers to.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that just makes the world adventurous, not. Not getting the answer, but also getting to actually go look for it because, you know, I was actually just saying it in a voiceover for my videos I'm working on (laughs) that every story we are told about, we're always told, oh, it's just a utilitarian story to teach kids not to misbehave. Don't go in the woods. Don't go in the water. And it's like, well, if you're concerned about them going into the woods because of bears, why don't you tell them about bears? Tell them about (laughs) sea lions. Tell them about wolves, things that are actually... You know, seen all the time, why don't you explain to them how you can get lost and then you're gonna freeze to death? Right. you know why do you have to come up with a uh with a magic person that takes the form of a animal to to scare them? Mm. so yeah, like I mean, a lot of these stories, that... I don't think they're utilitarian. I feel like there's gotta be something there's gotta be something to them
0: right and like they're they're so rich in detail and not and and I'm talking like they're so rich in detail and they're so similar these stories are so similar throughout the whole world even stories of of sasquatch you know it every every continent even even uh um australia with with uh, the yowie you know it is it, that's what it's called right
1: yeah yeah i'm yeah, slowly yeah. becoming a uh, really proficient in all things bigfoot just cuz i've been working on the second <laughs> video now
0: right but they you know all these all these uh cultures and countries they all have very similar stories of this creature you know it's not like they they got together hundreds of hundreds of years ago you know to record and be like okay we're all going to come up with the same story uh when you know 200 years from now when they have the internet uh someone will look back and say how do how do they all how does everyone know this you know like it something is something's going on that is very similar throughout the whole world um and it it's not it's it, it's so similar it, it can't be made up you know all these different people throughout the whole world i i highly doubt that they they all came up with this crazy idea of this this um you know uh ape like creature of the forest you know you know what I mean like they didn't just come up with this idea they saw something something made them think of this they didn't just make it up there's two yeah. stories you know
1: yeah there's there's stories from uh from east to west and north america there's the the yeti the Yowie. <clears throat> there's there's a lot of different ones there was one video that had come out like a long time ago that these guys were in college and they were trying to shoot a video for something and then supposedly uh Bigfoot runs through the shot. It doesn't look too real, but things like that just kind of push the whole subject backwards. Because if it is hoaxed, you know, which it kind of looked like it was, it's you're you're kind of uh, degenerating the value and the validity of people researching this topic right. down to like, oh well, you're just looking into something that's obviously a hoax. Why why do you, why are you bothering looking into this stuff? Right. Yep. But like with the Patterson Gimlin film,
0: <clears throat> like As- I
1: had a vi- that video I had a done on that, it was like 14 minutes long, 18 minutes long, something like that. And so many people were saying, oh, this was already proven to be a hoax. Oh, they came out and said that they faked it. And I was like, right. where are you getting this information? They didn't.
0: <laughs> no, you I mean, I happened. think there were like a couple people were like, oh, yeah, that was me in the suit. But it was, never, you know, they, they totally just made that shit up.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like the the two people that say that they were in the suit and the person that made the suit, I actually addressed that in the video too because they tried to recreate it by making a suit and then also having the the quote-unquote actor do the same walk again, but it was so bad that it was supposed to be on BBC
0: uh, America or something like that,
1: but it was so bad that they didn't even put it on air because they were just like, no, this is awful.
0: And I mean, when that Patterson-Gimlin film was filmed, when they saw that, right, I believe... Mm -hmm. The movie *Planet of the Apes* was was in theaters or coming out, or they were filming it, and the, you know, the if if some dude in the middle of nowhere made a Bigfoot suit that looks so real, even today people are like, that's real. You can see the muscles moving. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that filmmakers with million dollar budgets produced costumes that that are quite frankly really shitty like if they could if some dude could just make a, a bigfoot suit that looks as good as the one in patterson gimlin film then why couldn't they have produced something that looks that good for a multi-million dollar uh planet of the apes movie you know
1: yeah and it's uh it's when people call it out and it's like oh this was so easy to replicate that that just kind of gets you know, it's probably not good for me, but it kind of just gets me like my blood boiling because I'm like, it's not easily to, easy to replicate because nobody's done it since then, right? Because, uh, like the first video I had, you know, I sort of made it out of spite because I had just watched. Uh, <laughs> you ever heard of the Corridor Crew? No, nope. so they're like this uh, CGI team and like they got this really big channel, they do really good work, but they were looking at different Bigfoot things and they were just like, they looked at the Patterson Gimlin film real br- briefly. They're like, oh, it looks like he's wearing boots. It looks like there's a zipper in the back. And then they just passed it over it and I was like, Are you serious? You guys didn't look into anything about this? Right. So I made that just because I was like, nobody's gonna look into this very thoroughly, so let me look into it very thoroughly. Right. And I just heard another video where I think it was called Storied. Um, and she was saying, This could easily be replicated by a, a person and their friend with a camera. And I was like, No, it can't.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean so, they have even uh examined like the gait of the creature and it's just not how somebody can somebody can't easily walk like that you know
1: yeah like <clears throat> if you watch the video what's what a a really big piece of evidence for it being real is watch its uh feet as it's stepping up the toes visibly lift up like very um prominently they just lift up and you can tell that those are toes lifting up and that kind of movement doesn't happen if you're wearing a shoe or a boot
0: Mm, right yeah it wouldn't and you know that video you were talking about where they made the suit and they went in and reenacted it mm -hmm. um i remember there being this this is the this is the show that got me into liking this this stuff and it might have been that same one. I remember when I was really little. This would have been in like the late 90s. I remember on the it was on the Discovery Channel. I've never been able to to find the same show. I think maybe I might have come across the name of it and it was called Animal X or Mystery X and they 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 did an episode. There was an episode on Sasquatch and the Yeti. Um and this this was the TV show that got me into liking Bigfoot and all this weird stuff and they did that they went and they had one of these suits made and uh they had an actor put the suit on they went back to the same location and they did the whole walk thing and they couldn't replicate it like but yeah that was the show I don't know if it's the same one I don't rem- I, I know it wasn't on BBC I know it was Discovery but it very well could could have been the same show I I remember the I remember the show started off with a... A, a, a dramatization of um, uh, the Ape Canyon attack.
1: Um, oh yeah, that's that's a pretty crazy story too.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I did my first episode on that, but it um, I, w- I would not listen to it if I was you. But yeah, anyway, any, anyway that that show was the show that got me into liking all this weird, weird stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean if if they they've sent that footage to people who have looked into like the Zapruder film um and you know they were like it's not they they couldn't figure it out either like i I don't know if there will ever be you know a solid answer if this was faked or if this is real but uh it's it's definitely has not been disproven you know it's still a complete mystery yeah
1: and uh just to get back to like uh the skinwalker stuff is that if the video is real and the creature in it is real and the measurements given by Bill Munts is actually accurate and it's around seven foot four, then, you know, a skinwalker could actually be out there in the woods hiding disguised as a wolf, and we really wouldn't know it. You know, we wouldn't be able to tell, especially if it's in the woods running around. Right. So there's all these different things that, you know, these stories talk about. That are much, much smaller than a big foot would be. So, you know, just to call these things, you know, hoaxes or just stories is I guess from my point of view, it's a little insulting to the people that believe that it is real or the people that have had encounters with these kind of things.
0: Right, right. And I always think that I always, you know, when I hear encounters, like obviously some of them are fake. You you just gotta yeah. some of them are fake, but even if one of them is real. That's all it takes Mm -hmm. is that one person who actually really saw a Bigfoot. It's real. Like, you know, not everybody is lying. I I often hear with like some of these bigger podcasts that I listen to, like Sasquatch Chronicles or.
1: um, That's a good one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, you often hear him saying like, I talked to this one guy in, in Florida. And this other guy in Washington, they had never met each other. And they're telling me the same thing. You know, you often hear, you know, all these people reference this, this idea, like these people, they've never talked to each other, they're they're seeing the same thing. Um, So it's got to be real, you know, and then I often think like, yeah, but those people who are make who are telling you these stories, they're also listening to your podcast. So they know, if they're going to make up a story, they know what to make up but you know at the same time not every single person is making up a story there's no way that everybody who's calling in or reporting these stories are making it up um i guess i guess the problem and it's a problem that i've had on on my own show is is where do i draw the line you know do i just have everybody call in and tell me these crazy stories you know i I don't want to i don't want to be like you know this 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 obviously isn't real and then give you know some reasonings and then um kind of push away a whole group of people who who very well could have seen something real you know so it's hard to draw that line but the fact is some people lie but a lot of people don't lie you know a lot of these have somebody definitely saw something
1: yeah i think uh the the statistic is probably like 10 years old now but um in the last 50 years there's been 50,000 reported sightings of bigfoot which more or less you know in the last 50 years it's like two or three people coming up to you every single day saying that they've seen something so if that happens to you every single day for the next 50 years do you really believe that all of those people are gonna are gonna be lying right you know it's just that's that itself is not reasonable
0: Right, exactly. Like somebody, I honestly believe that there are people out there who have seen something, and there are, you know, there's some people out there who just want to tell you a story. But, um, speaking of stories, I don't know. Do you want to listen to a couple of stories? Do you have a couple minutes left? I don't, it's pretty late. Um, I don't know how much time you had.
1: Uh, well, actually, I'll probably listen to them on um, whenever you post the podcast.
0: Okay, that works.
1: And uh, do that. So I should probably go ahead and go now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is pretty late. My wife's she's like, when, when are you almost done? Are you almost done? So
1: I don't blame yeah, my you. Wife. my wife's like, you got to throw the trash tonight. We, we threw out all this frozen food.
0: <laughs> right, right. I don't blame you. But but yeah, so so thanks for coming on and listening to me uh, go on and on about Skinwalkers. Um, yeah, really- definitely,
1: it was a lot of fun. A lot of really good information that you just can't find anywhere else, honestly. It's really hard to find this info and you did a really good job of like, putting it all together and then putting it out
0: wow thank you that makes me feel real good actually (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i really appreciate you coming on um i know you're super busy and you've got a lot going on i know we've talked a little bit um not about weird stuff so i know you're super busy (laughs) um and i really appreciate you coming on and just hanging out
1: (laughs) yeah definitely it's always fun to do this it's hard to. It's hard to have like these conversations with somebody that has an open mind to it possibly being real but also having a foot in reality like yeah most of these are probably fake but that doesn't mean they're all fake
0: right yeah i definitely definitely been there but but yeah thanks for coming on um you want to let people know where they could find you really quick
1: yeah sure if you guys are interested in this kind of thing, I run a YouTube channel called Adventure, Explore, Discover. I talk about monsters, folklore, and legends. Native American legends are kind of like my bread and butter, so check that out after the podcast if it's something you're interested in.
0: Perfect. I really, really hope my kids yell did not just come through.
1: I didn't hear anything.
0: <laughs> okay, good. All right. he's My little kid's invading, so we'll <laughs> call it a night.
1: Alright, I'll leave you to it. You have a good one.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, it was one. fun. Bye. Bye. Alright. So I got a couple stories. These are these are Skinwalker encounter stories that I found um, on the web. So this first one is called Tap Tap at the Window by Navajo underscore Joe. I wasn't a kid when this happened. My uncle and I were finishing up chopping-slash-gathering firewood for my grandmother because it was getting dark. Driving back on a dirt road at about 30 miles per hour, give or take 5 miles per hour, I had this awful sense of being watched. Before I could turn to look out my window, passenger side, my uncle quickly shouted, Don't! I completely froze. My heart felt like it was beating out of my chest, then completely stopped when I heard a tap-tap at my window. My uncle sped up and was loudly praying in my native language. I didn't know what was going on and thought it was over until our truck suddenly dipped from the bed. My uncle then started saying, look at me and don't turn away, over and over. Look at me, don't turn away. Look at me, don't turn away. Then I heard it again. Tap, tap. But from the window behind me, it was getting harder for me to breathe, and I wanted to cry. A minute or two passed, and the truck dipped again. My uncle looked around inside. It was quiet besides the truck in the road, and he looked at me and said, We will ask your father to do a prayer in the morning, so the evil will forget our faces parentheses Navajo to English equivalent. I remember curling up on the seat and just staring at the radio, watching the time, listening to my uncle sing an old prayer till we got to my grandmother's house. I called my uncle because I had a nightmare about that night. We talked about it for a bit and he said, I didn't see, I didn't see faces, just eyes like brake lights. You see, on the road, it watched you. Parentheses, Navajo to English equivalent. Before hanging up, I tried joking with him about it. Why didn't you just step on the brakes when it was in the back? No laughter, just a pause. Because it wasn't alone. Now that's pretty creepy. Alright, this next one is called Don't Get Off the Bus. Submitted by Iron Underscore Jesus. Anybody that has been on the Navajo Reservation has either probably heard of some creepy things or or have experienced pretty creepy things, namely skinwalkers. I've only seen one. Here's my story. I come, from a, I come from a small town in northern Arizona that's sandwiched between the Paiute Reservation to the north in the U.S.'s largest Navajo reservation to the south. My high school, my high school being so small, parentheses, a 1A high school that has, on average, 80 students enrolled every year, uh, being so small, always had to travel south about 5 to 10 hours one way to play another high school in any sport. This means that we traveled a lot on the Navajo Res. We also usually stayed at hotels when we would head out to play and come home in the morning but this trip was a little bit different. I remember the basketball coach saying saying that the school didn't have enough money to put up the team teams in a hotel that trip so we were going uh, to be on the road for a total of about 12 hours. I was the only male senior to play basketball that season. We had just Got done playing our game and headed home on our bus, Big Blue. We were heading out, and it wasn't long, about two hours of driving, before we had entered the Rez. By this time, everyone was asleep, with it being about two in the morning. When we had crossed the Rez's borders, I noticed the bus driver had sped up and was now going about 85 miles per hour. I thought this was a little weird because he never exceeded the speed limit at least not in my high school career for some reason I couldn't fall asleep like the rest of my teammates and I just sat at the back of the bus staring out across the desolate desert landscape that was lit up by the full moon as I looked out I could see a figure running towards the bus at an angle of pursuit and kept up with the bus at 85 miles per hour the figure got closer I saw that it was a humanoid form as a matter of fact, it looked exactly like a human. Only that the face was painted half black and half white with glowing eyes. Glowing eyes like a rabbit's eyes, reflecting light from a spotlight. I immediately thought, holy crap, it's a skinwalker. The skinwalker ran up to the edge of the road and just kept up pace with the bus, hurling sagebrush, hurtling sagebrush and rocks while staring at me. After I made eye contact with the thing, I could not look away. It was as if something was holding my head and eyes in place. The skinwalker just smiled at me. This inhuman smile that went ear to ear, showing crooked yellow pointed teeth. I felt like I was going to throw up, and I was panicking through the whole ordeal. The skinwalker started to crumple down on all fours, still keeping up with the bus. I could see his bones crack and reform. Hair started appearing all over those skinwalkers' body. And in about three seconds was now a coyote, and it ran off back into the desert out of view. As soon as it was gone, I, I ran to the onboard bathroom and puked a mixture of food and blood. I didn't want to tell anybody for fear they would think I was crazy. I confided in my Navajo friend. She told me that I needed to see the chief, who also happened to be a friend of mine, and get a blessing. I saw him the next school day in the parking lot. He just came up to me and mumbled something in Navajo while waving a feathered scepter-like thing. Turned around, got back in his truck, and drove away. To this day, I haven't seen another skinwalker. I might be due to, in fact... I moved away from that town and the Rez. And if I do have to go south, I go around, way around. All right, this next story is called Stay Away from Ruins of the Inquisition by Jibby Jam 1. This all happened about five years ago. One night, a few of my friends decided, after a night of hanging out, that we'd go on an adventure at about 3 a.m. We took a ride about 50 miles to this old Spanish ruin in New Mexico that was once the seat of the Inquisition. I can't for the life of me remember what that place is called. So we jumped the front gate to the place and started exploring. One of my friends brought a flute with him, and he started playing it about 30 seconds into his playing, something started screaming really, really loud on the tops of the long destroyed walls of the place. It was going from wall to wall really quick, screaming the most blood curling scream you'd ever imagine. We noped the fuck out of there, one of my friends pissed his pants and drove for a few hours Bandelier National Monument, where we planned to camp out at for the rest of the weekend. We got to Bandelier at probably like 6 or 7 a.m. and set up our camp. After a few hours, just talking about what the hell happened at the ruins, I went to take a piss probably 300 feet from our camp. This is where everything starts getting a little fuzzy. I remember seeing two dust devils coming my way. And when I turned around again, two of my friends were there. And they were motioning me to follow them. I couldn't help but follow them. Like I was being pulled behind them in shackles. I followed them for what seemed like fifteen, ten 10 to 15 minutes, and then I snapped out of it. These weren't my friends. They had bright red hair uh, with my friend's faces and cat eyes. Both of these friends were brunette. I stopped walking, and they looked at me with probably the most terrifying gaze I've ever seen. Monsters? in movies, are nothing compared to this. I turned around and ran as fast as I could back the way I came. After like five minutes of a full sprint, I got back to that rock that I pissed at and found our camp. Everyone was there, still sitting around, talking, and didn't even notice that I was gone. I told them what had happened with the look-alike skinwalkers, and we packed up everything and left probably within like 10 minutes and got the hell back to Albuquerque. Alright, so this, this this is the last one I got, and it's a little longer than, than the rest. Um, It's called Say Their Name and It Will Kill Them by Lisha Ninja. We live in a rural community on the Navajo reservation. My aunt and her two brothers were home alone while my grandparents had left for the evening to attend a Chapter house meeting. They were in the house, and like many people from the reservation, they didn't have electricity. It had been dark outside for about an hour, and my aunt and my uncles were getting ready for bed. Outside, they heard noises, as if someone moving things around, as if someone was moving things around outside. My oldest uncle went to look out the front window and saw a figure out by the truck. This was immensely out of the ordinary, because the closest neighbor was miles away. Whatever it was, opened the truck door and began to dig through personal items that my family had left in the vehicle. My aunt and uncles were frightened by the sight and knew that they should take action. They took out the rifle and all steadied themselves to hold it up. They flung open the door and aimed the gun at the dark figure. The figure turned and started to walk towards them, totally unfazed by the weapon. My uncle pulled the trigger, but nothing happened. The figure drew closer, and my aunt began to smell something like a rotting corpse. It was so strong it made her gag. My uncle continued to pull the trigger with no luck, and the figure came closer and closer. Off in the distance... Headlights were coming up the road. My grandparents were returning. The figure looked towards the lights and started to move away and tucked itself behind a tree near the house. My oldest uncle ran towards the truck with the gun. My grandfather got out of the car and my uncle pointed to the tree. The thing was poking its head out to observe what they were doing. My grandfather ran into the house and over to the stove and grabbed a handful of ashes and rubbed them over the gun and placed an ash-covered bullet into the chamber. He walked out onto the porch and fired towards the trees. Whatever that thing was, it didn't expect the gun to go off. The gunshot echoed and the dark figure began running. My grandma chased my aunt inside and my uncles and my grandfather went after it. There weren't many roads or paths, So my grandfather and my uncles chased after the figure. The truck was bouncing and the headlights were not fixed on one particular spot. My uncle swears that whenever the headlights would hit the figure, he saw a woman. Not only that, whoever it was, was on all fours like a bear. My grandfather eventually stopped the truck as they neared a ditch that dropped about 20 feet. He got out and began to yell in Navajo. My uncle says that he was yelling about a local woman. He yelled that he wasn't scared and that he knew it was her. And to leave his family alone, a few days passed. And there was news that the woman that my grandfather was yelling about had passed away. I've always been told that if you know who the Skinwalker is, say their name and it will kill them. Now this last story... I find particularly interesting. Um, The first thing that got my attention was. It was an old woman. So we didn't. I didn't. I didn't go over it earlier in the episode. But. um, The majority of skinwalkers. Are. Are males. They're men. Older men. But women can also be skinwalkers. There's no. There's no rule saying that a woman can't be a skinwalker. Um. So that was interesting, but what, what really piqued my interest was the fact that it was an old woman and that the old woman took the shape of a bear. Now, we kind of went over it, um, but, you know, the average skinwalker will take the shape of a wolf or a coyote or a fox, you know, or even a bird. Uh, but the, the older ones, the real experienced ones can take the shape of something bigger, like an elk or a bear. Um, so it, it it's interesting that this was an old lady, an old skinwalker, an old uh, witch, someone who had been practicing the art of witchery uh, for probably a long time, right? So she would have definitely been able to take the form of a bear. Um, now... Now, out of all this, these stories that I just read, I find the first story to to be the most uh the first and the last ones to be the most believable, the most interesting. There was a lot there were a few details within them that that um really got my attention. The one with the school bus, that one with the, the kid was on the school bus and he saw a skinwalker change from human to animal that that isn't that's not really an ability that um, is really ever reported or talked about. But but what do I know? I'm not I'm not Navajo. I don't know the way of the Navajo. That could be, um, you know, copesthetic. That that could be the way, the way that it is. But personally, the first story um let's see here the first story with the the tapping at the window um he never sees anything his uncle sees something there's something chasing him down the road uh and it it's keeping up with them at a pace where it's able to tap at the window and that that seems like something um very skinwalkery to me very very witchery that definitely seems um something a skinwalker would do and the uncle clearly believed them to be a skinwalker and and he uh was speaking in navajo so he obviously knew what a skinwalker was um so yeah that one and this last one with with the the old woman those those are the most believable out of those two stories uh the inquisition story with the guy you know they had I don't know what was going on there, but I don't know if it was necessarily Skinwalker. That's almost sounds um demonic to me, something demonic going on out there in the desert, which also is not out of the question either. But but yeah, you know there's there's tons of stories out there. There's tons of stories on YouTube on, online. I I found these stories at Ranker dot com. Uh. But yeah, there's tons of stories. You know, you can just find endless amounts of of skinwalker stories, and I, I, I challenge anybody to find a skinwalker story that includes the use of corpse powder. Uh, and if you find the story, post it on my Instagram or my Facebook. I want to read it. Um, this is an ability or a a craft. This is a craft that that is rarely talked about with skinwalkers and like, um, adventure explore discover talked about. He, he had never heard of, uh, the corpse powder either. So, so I challenge anybody to, to find me a corpse powder story online, but, but yeah, so that's my, my, my episode on, on skinwalker and the skinwalker lore. Um, I tried to get in as in depth as I possibly could, um, may have been a little confusing. I'll admit it. I confused myself a little bit at the same time. Um, but yeah, that was it. Uh, I know we did end up getting into a little bit of Skinwalker Ranch, which got us on a whole tangent on some other weird, crazy stuff. And we didn't really get in. You know, I tried to cover the differences between a a Skinwalker and a Wendigo. I mean, they are completely different, different creatures. Um. And I'll go over that real quick one last time. So a Wendigo, this is a northern entity, a northern creature. Um, it's kind of within the the Algonquin uh, family group. So this would be like the Iroquois and the uh, Ojibwe. Um, those, those are the only two I know off the top of my head. But the, you know these, these are all uh, northeastern Native American groups within North America. Um, this is a creature that, that, that thrives within the desolate darkness of winter. It is a creature that is born from a, uh, an, an ancient, uh an ancient being, you know, you are bit by a Wendigo. You, you catch the Wendigo, uh, sickness by, eating another it it is something that you gain through being cursed you're being cursed uh some might say you know i i had said that you are cursed by the wendigo and when you're a skinwalker you are cursing yourself now some would say that if you want to become a wendigo you would just go and, and eat another human because that often um you know the 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 practice of Cannibalism is what leads to the the windigo, but but that's not necessarily true. You can cannibalize another um without necessarily becoming a wendigo, but it does help call the Wendigo spirit to you when you eat an you know, when you cannibalize another human. But that that it you're not necessarily a wendigo. Eating another human does not necessarily make you a wendigo. So in and um, so yeah, so you are so a wendigo is a it's a human that becomes a creature through a curse um and a skinwalker is a human uh that can shape shift into an animal through um magical practices that are that are gained uh by a curse, so you have to fracture your soul um in order to gain the, these magical abilities. So there, there is a difference. They're not the same. Nowhere near the same. They are both um, creatures slash beings. Of Native American lore. But that is as similar. As they're going to get. And uh, one last thing. I just want to thank Adventure. Explore. Discover. For coming back on tonight. I know I rambled on and on. Um, for, for quite a while. Hope he didn't mind, but I really appreciate him coming on for our 52nd episode, our one year episode. Um, So yes, that's the Skinwalker, different than the Wendigo. Don't let anybody tell you different. And that sounds almost canon to me.